coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 225. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews in the Hammer in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, you two. How you doing? We're doing okay, I think. Yeah, it's pretty comfortable here today. Good. Yeah, so weather's finally smartened up? Uh, the weather is wonderful, except it's not that wonderful for pool weather. Oh, Which always really? kind of bothers us, because it kind of cooled down. Yeah. The nights are already getting cool. We're already seeing leaves change on our trees. Oh, no way. Wow. Yeah, yeah this is a creepy year. Wow. Between COVID, race riots, and weird, you know, cold temperature. I mean, you know, I don't understand the whole global warming thing. Why are we colder all the time? <laughs> exactly. Global warming uh, also makes it colder, I guess. I don't know. We yeah. uh, we had it cooler last week, but this week it's uh, we, we kind of hit a heat wave over the weekend. And Sunday night, we had an incredible light show thunderstorm going on here on the island. Usually they maybe we have one or two of those a year. That's it. And they last 10 minutes to half an hour. This was six hours of a nonstop light show. So it lit, uh, I don't know, 30 fires, something like that, on the on Vancouver Island here. So we're burning up over here. Oh, my gosh. That's that's crazy. But we, we have those kind of storms a lot in the Midwest. So you kind of got a taste of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm a prairie boy, so I'm used to seeing that every second night. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, they started the Democratic Convention. Okay. And they started out with um, bashing Trump. Well, that's a given. Talking empathy. Okay. Okay. Empathy is such a political pond for the left. Right. But it works. Let me tell you, it works. It worked. That's how... Obama got elected. Yeah, that was kind of before I really paid attention to U.S. politics. So, do I get it? I understand it now, but back then I didn't get it. Yeah, they um, brought in empathy every chance they could. Now, the one thing that makes me really nervous about the left using the word empathy, like, like Michelle Obama did last night in her speech, she talked about empathy over and over and over again and in the sense of we're empathetic and we must be empathetic and we must do empathetic things to Trump is not empathetic. Conservatives aren't empathetic. They're bad people. <laughs> well, well, first of all, that just, that just makes me crazy because the playbook for socialism says first and foremost talk about empathy right now we've talked about this a lot in relationship to you know several communists and socialists that had a lot of influence over especially Chicago politics which ultimately became Obama politics right but the one we talk about the most is the political mind by George Lakoff yeah and um, 
the overuse makes me crazy because, and I, I know I will get hate mail over this, but what did Hitler do? He went into Germany before he was ever elected and talked about how he was going to feed the poor and give people jobs and give them money and give them all these social services that anybody with a calculator, they didn't really have calculators then, but you know, anybody with a pencil and paper could understand they first of all couldn't afford or that this was just talk. Right. But he seduced a whole nation with this talk. Yeah, that could be dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I start hearing the overuse of the word empathy, my anxiety level goes into overdrive. Right. And that's exactly what I'm hearing as they begin this Democratic convention. I'm not even watching the whole convention. I'm watching the outtakes. And I'm hearing the word empathy over and over and over again. And believe me, I love empathy. I think we all need empathy. Right. You know, um, my the article that I have written that has gotten the most reads by far is The Sociopath Next Door. Okay. Okay, you can go to Shenanigan Free Press. You can see that... Empathy is hugely important to me. But you can't prostitute empathy. And prostituting empathy for votes scares me to death. Every time I hear them talk on there, it's always a point they bring up and they just go on and on and on. Bernie is bad about it also. Oh, absolutely. His whole platform is on and, some sort of empathy idea. And it's just lie after lie after lie because how in the hell can you afford to pay for all this stuff that they're promising? Absolutely. We, we cannot afford to pay for it. And, um, you know, true empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. Yeah, it's interesting you say feelings because instead of facts, they've replaced the facts because the facts have not worked for them. They've made up lies around some things that they tried to uh, put through as fact that was all just feelings. Exactly, which is in the playbook of the political mind by Lakoff. He even says, this is what you do. Um, you, you use feelings in the place of facts. Huh, there and you this go. this is how you seduce people. Um, there are three kinds of em- empathy. Okay, there's a cognitive empathy. That means like where you put yourself into someone else's place and you sort of see their perspective. Now that is, it's considered an empathy, but it's just really a thought rather than a feeling. You're not really feeling what someone else is is going through. Like, for example, I cannot really feel what it's like to be black. Right. Okay? I can have lots of thoughts, especially as a Jew, I can sort of identify with not being quite mainstream. Right. But I don't, I, I, you know, 
I, I was on a writing project once, and I had to make a big deal about that, you know, because we were writing about black people. I said, I can only think of how it might feel. I don't know how it feels. That's cognitive empathy. Okay. And cognitive e empathy, one thing I need to point out, is easily faked. Okay. So a lot of po politicians fake it. Okay? On both sides. Then there is emotional empathy. That's when you literally feel another person's emotions as if they were yours. Now, you've heard of people that are empathic. That's what they do. And it is really sort of a disability for those people. They can feel it if they don't learn to turn it off. Right. They can feel it so much that it destroys their life. For example, doctors and nurses. Right. right? They have to, at some point, get to a place to where they're not being too empathetic. Otherwise, they can do the job they do. Right. You could go on, there's actually even a diagnosis of um, an overload of empathy, an empathetic overload. Just thought I could throw that in. There is also compassionate empathy, which this is the most appropriate empathy, where you feel someone else's pain, but you take action, okay? So if you actually had an, a, a politician that says, you know what, there's something wrong in this country. The unemployment for African Americans is too high. Okay, so I am going to change that. I am going to set up programs. I am going to give employers incentives. I'm going to change that. And then they actually do it. Right. That is compassionate empathy. And I don't care what you think about Trump, about him personally, but I will tell you he possesses compassionate empathy. He has put African-Americans to work. He has put Hispanic to work. He has reformed um, a lot of jail sentences. He has actually done things that suggest he is compassionately empathetic. Right. Okay. Yeah, and he does something about it. If there's a problem, he'll yeah, do something. He absolutely does do something about it. Um, there is also what we call, or part of the structure is social empathy, okay? It's how you connect to the human race. And if someone cannot possess social empathy and appropriately connect to other humans, then that's a problem that we tend to call sociopaths. Right. Sometimes they're even psychopaths. But it, it, it is the... It is critical to our survival as a race because whether you believe in God or you believe in whatever about us, how we got here, we are social human beings. Right, we absolutely. Are social beings, I should say. And we do need each other, okay? It really doesn't work out that well to live on a mountain alone. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the only reason we're here is because of of uh, us growing up in in being social animals, family animals, and and um, you know the tribe. Exactly. 
Okay, and when people lack interpersonal empathy, then they're usually bullies, they commit violent crimes, they are abusive parents, uh, they are uh, sexual offenders and narcissists. Well, there you go. They also, in the greater scheme of things, like what we're talking about today, they can be uh, racist. Okay. Um, and so that, that sort of is the scope. Now, one reason why Lakoff, the Obamas, the people that trained um, Barack Obama bring up empathy is because people that are empathetic are more likely to vote. Interesting. Okay? Both hmm. sides of the coin. Democrat, Republican. If you are an empathetic individual, you are more likely to show up at the polls. If you're not, and you, you know the people, okay, you are a fair weather friend, okay? Meaning, if there's really something that you want on that ballot, you'll, you'll show up. Right. But empathetic people always show up. Interesting. They had like no the idea. Yeah. So, now, there are voters on both sides that are extremely empathetic. The politicians are not really empathetic. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's easy uh, to see, actually. Absolutely. They're, it's not about the people anymore. It's about what they can do for themselves and their family and friends. That's what it seems to, to be trending at now. Okay, can you imagine if we did the Green New Deal? <laughs> we would be broke in a month as a nation. Yeah. You know, Putin could come over here and put stick a flag in <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, pretty much. Because we would be that broke. Yet AOC, Bernie Sanders, and to a certain extent now Biden are talking like they can do it because they're empathetic people. So they're going to do the Green New Deal. They cannot do the Green New Deal, would never be able to do the Green New Deal. It's all just to muster votes from people they treat as if they were stupid. <laughs> wow. Just as we said earlier, or that Grace said earlier, they just throw these empathetic things out there and they never back it up with a fact. Have you ever heard them say, we're going to be able to do this because of blah, blah, blah? Or being able to, this is why we can do this because of blah, 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 blah. Never. Never do they back up any statement with a fact. No, they don't. And uh, they, they absolutely still use the word. Okay? The idea is to lure the voters into a soft, a, a false sense of a plan that will never manifest. Not only would never manifest, could manifest. Which brings me the next item on the internet. And I know you two will have a lot, a lot of opinions about this. Can empathy be insane or even dangerous? I.e., defunding the police. We're defunding the police for empathetic because the police are such bad guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. You know what? I know that the hammer has some thoughts about that. And then I, I know, Connor, you, you've looked into a lot about 
defunding the police, what could happen with Congress? Here's my deal about defunding the police. How does that help the relationships? It's just like any organization. There's going to be bad apples in every organization. Cutting the amount of them and or tying their hands or making them not want to help people, how does that help? Defunding them, it should be the other way around. They should be putting money in to help them educate or make new guidelines instead of doing it the other way around. That's how you you control it, just, just like in New York when Giuliani took over. First thing he did was started was added to, I think he doubled the police force. Right. And he, he said, we're not going to put up with any violence, period. We're, we're, you know. And he didn't. And he made New York one of the safest cities in the world. Yes. And now look at it. There's people, they're, they're leaving there in droves. They're jumping out of there like flies. You know, property values on in Manhattan are dropping immensely because people don't want to live there. People are moving to the suburbs, um, moving to New Jersey, anywhere to get oh, away absolutely. from. Absolutely. And uh, look at what's happening in um, Portland and Seattle. Um, you take the police away and people leave the city. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, this is a huge head scratcher for me because we're... I, I can't even relate at all to that, you know, way of thinking. Defund the police? Are you, are you kidding me? Well, why is Congress behind it? Uh, be, I guess because of martial law, they can control the army better than they control the city's police force. Exactly. I think you were very right when That's you mentioned that. Uh, right at the beginning of this, you, you said that. And at first I was like, oh, Connor. That's, that's a little brutal, but you know what? I think you're exactly right, and it fits into their agenda. Yeah, they're, I, I think they're, they're just waiting. the socialistic agenda. I think they're waiting uh, and hoping that Biden gets in, and that's what you will see happen is, is martial law. Yeah, you defund the police. You empathize with the, the people that are um, starting these riots. These are not protests. Okay, and you release prisoners, and then what do you got to do? Martial law. You've got to take over. You got to send the military in, and who is in charge of that? Congress. There you go. Democratic Socialistic Congress. Wow. Scary thing. It absolutely is a scary thing. It's getting, and unfortunately, there are so many people out there that don't see it coming. Exactly. But there are so many people that just say, well, that won't happen. They're not going to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they said about him. That's what they said in Venezuela. That's what they I said see. in a lot of these little I know, Poland, you know, yeah. before yeah. World War II. Um, you know, I have a couple of little linguistic examples, okay, that Lakoff gives, and as you hear them, Politicians on the left talk about them, you will know exactly where they got them. Okay, you are better off if you can stand upright than if you cannot, right? Morality is uprightness. Immorality is being low. You know how oh, Michelle Obama said, they go low, we go high. 
we are, this is the linguistic examples, an upstanding citizen of high moral standards, above reproach, a low thing to do, under, underhanded, stoop to that, a snake. You will hear her, and in fact last night, you heard her use many of those statements. For example, immorality is being low. Trump goes low, we're gonna go high. She used that exact phrase. Hmm. Okay? You are better off if you are functioning in the light rather than the dark. Morality is light, immorality is darkness. Snow White, the prince of darkness, white hats, black hats, she mentioned darkness. Hmm. There you go. Referred to Trump, and I could go on on and on. You here's one that they always tie into healthcare and the bad bad Republicans that are killing people. Right? You are better off if you are healthy than if you are sick. Okay. Think about COVID. Morality is healthcare. <laughs> okay. This is this is from Lackoff's book. Immorality is disease. We have COVID. That is immoral. That is Trump's fault. <laughs> Terrorism is threatening. <clears throat> okay, what wow. is that? The contagion of crime. A sick mind. Yeah. Okay, and like I said, it, it goes on and on and on. But they use language as a tool. They use language to unrelated things. I mean, um... They use like a mother goose example, and I'm just gonna read a couple of lines of how to use unrelated things but try to make them related, right? Right. This is the farmer sowing his corn that kept the cock that crowed in the morn that waked the priest all saving a chore. You show relationships that are at best like no big deal, but you make it a big deal and you distract from the real problem. And basically what is so annoying about it is they think people are stupid. Yeah. And they use, they use language, you know, to control stupid people. Now. Well, let's face it, there's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, apparently because this has worked. And, you know, as we earlier talked about, we are here um, as social beings. We're social animals. We, we live in family units, right? Right. And, you know, our ideal as a fa- of a family is uh, a dad, a mom, and kids. Right. Okay. Now, in our heads, you know, dad must be the moral leader. And he is the moral leader because mom can't be, okay? This is how we think at the very root of our being. We are changing it to a certain extent, okay? Right. Kids are born bad, (laughs) okay? So we must, you know, we must tell them what to do. The leader of the free world must be the father figure, but we've got a problem right now. It can't be because the left is saying Trump is immoral. And Joe Biden is the ultimate father figure. 
Oh and my of course, God. behind every good man is a good woman, Kamala Harris. Okay. And all these damn children out there need to be straightened up. <laughs> but they need empathy. Yeah. It is the way our brains work. It is the bill of goods they're trying to sell us. Trump is bad. His marriage. Oh, you'll start hearing about how his marriage is unconventional. You know, Melania doesn't sleep with him. Barron's a weird bad kid. You're going to hear all this stuff because this is the way our brain is programmed. Right. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. They don't care whether it's right or wrong. They want votes. They want to get elected. And they know that the best they can do is have people vote against Trump because they're never going to vote for a Biden because he's he's too old. He's losing it. Yeah. Um, it, it boggles my mind. And I often thought, do they not care? And they don't. I, I can't see that they have any sort of long-term goals in mind. Everything okay. is short-term and right now. Exactly. Okay, if these politicians, including Nancy Pelosi, especially Nancy Pelosi, had any kind of damn empathy, they would make law instead of using language to manipulate. She is in a position to make law. Right. To take care of all these problems she's talking about. Does she ever do it? She even has the majority yeah. in Congress. Does she ever do it? She walked out on stimulus right when people needed it. Last week, she walked out on it. Right. If she can't have every damn thing she wants, she's not giving her subjects anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah, she ain't sharing her 13 different kinds of gourmet ice cream. No, she, no, is, she not. is not. She is not. I mean, the unemployment could have been fixed, and, and suddenly now she wants to fix the post office? Let me tell you. <laughs> right now, I cannot even see my mother in the nursing home. Correct? <laughs> That's okay, funny. so we decided to mail her stuff, right? Okay. And... Um, it takes four days for it to get seven miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we shipped a couple things over to our son's a little way too paranoid about COVID, so we had to send him some stuff. It took four days for him to get at, at two and a half miles. Wow. Wow. So, okay, let me ask you this. When you mail a letter, you drop it in one mailbox for no matter right. where where it's going? Right. Yes, you're exactly right. Very different what here. When I mail you something, uh, it takes a damn six six weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can't figure that one out. But she's going to come back, fix the post office, so that the election can be handled by the post office. And we are less than ninety days out. From <laughs> you know, if she had any kind of damn empathy, she would have cared about this years ago. And she's been up in there for a long time. Yeah. Well, the reason it was never done is because uh, it's impossible to authenticate um, a real person. It's the mail. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, here in Canada, we we have two two post boxes next to each other. One is for uh, local. One's for everywhere else. So if you drop it in the local, you get it the next day. Well, I tell you what, that's way too logical for us. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's yeah. way too easy and it makes way too much sense. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what happens around here. It is. I mean, when th something makes too much sense, we don't do it, Connor. We don't. And that's why I'm begging our listeners and I just wake up. Be yeah. aware. Don't be manipulated. Ask yourself lots and lots of questions. I, okay, if the answer yeah. you're getting to yourself is not good, do some looking. Yeah. I yeah. can't agree with you more. Yeah. And we don't always agree about life's journey and we're all in this together. Let's let's keep socialism at bay. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to our listeners. Take care. Godspeed you too, and thanks for listening, everyone. Sounds good. See you later. Bye now.